Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. There's the Johnny McKegg band with Here We Go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm in Fort McMurray. That sounds I'm like the traveling I'm like the traveling podcast host. Where will Greg be next? We should take bets on that. Well, you guys know the answer though, because they tell you wherever I'm going. Well, we'll stop doing that and then we'll guess it every time we do a show. And it'll be where, fun. Where else am I going to find like Western Canada's last tour's video? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't believe they could make those. Like, it looked like I was looking at a Betamax machine. Ah, uh, Betamax, good old days. <laughs> this is the Piffles Podcast. We're brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes. Give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at Real Alex D. You can find me at Safamod, and you can ignore me at Dragon Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. Check out the website, pifflespodcast.com. Well, it was, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a really sh- crappy start to the week. Let's get into it. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> it's not so funny this I- week, Greg. I'm so I'm so affected that actually I did not laugh. Yeah, it's that, it, that how, how sad this week is. It's it's not funny. So obviously we we all know the 2020 CFL season has been canceled, and even though I knew it was coming, I I, I felt this way since you know late March, early April that we won't won't have a season. It doesn't make the sting less. Like it, Monday sucked when we got the the notice that 2020 is over. It didn't well, really feel real even announcement until uh, until the email from the writers came through. That was that moment where you realize, oh yeah, I've given them my money for entertainment that I will not get. It uh, sucks. I think well, well when the when the like the news came out Sunday, that breaking news came out Sunday that uh, sources were saying the federal government wasn't going to give them the money. I was like, well, that's it. But then you had Marty York there. It's not over. I'm like, why is Marty York on my timeline? But <laughs> it's. We we knew it was coming. Like I made my peace with this months ago. Still doesn't mean it, it didn't hurt. Like I football is 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 not life for me, but it's a big part of my life. Obviously, if it wasn't, I wouldn't do, be doing a podcast right now. But uh, it, yeah, it sucks because there's a lot of people that uh, that have work around this league, and there's players sitting at home right now that uh, I guess it turns out they will be getting at least some money, but. Still, like it, it was a hard pill to swallow for a bunch of people out there. You know, you know, the moment that it really felt real was, uh, or that it should have been obvious to the rest of us, is when I became the pessimist of the group and also joined in with you guys that there wouldn't be a season when we recorded last time. That's when we should have known for sure. Okay, Steve's fault. So, so yeah, Steve, you're you're the one to blame for this. We don't have to blame the federal government. We don't have to blame Randy Ambrosi. Uh, or the PA, it's it's Steve's fault. I like that. That's that's way better than anything this else. This is Steve's fault. Steve got political, which means Justin Trudeau was reading his stuff. 
and Justin Trudeau decided to put his thumb down because Justin Trudeau hates Western Canada. <laughs> there, we solved it. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> it's all making sense now. I, I've been I've been in Alberta too long, guys. I've been in Alberta too long. So <laughs> obviously, so Commissioner Randy Ambrosi says we're absolutely committed to 2021, to the future of the league, and the pursuit of our vision of a bigger, stronger, more global CFL. Uh, well, they lost one of their global players. Max Zimmerman was released by the Riders so he could sign in the Finnish Football League. Um, but uh, what do you take out of what Randy Ambrosi says? We're committed to 2021. Well, obviously, they're going to need some sort of federal funding for that, right? Like, I mean, if we can't have a 2020 season, they're still gonna, not going to allow 30,000 people in stands in 2021. I just don't see how that's possible with the way that governments and, and health officials are kind of controlling everything right now with sports, but there's got to be some sort of federal funding coming, right? Well, to me, it sounded like the government willing to work with the team or with the, with the league, they made it clear that they want to take a deeper look into the books and into the different options available. So I think there'll be some kind of partnership or funding or something that might come out of this. Um, to, to help with long-term growth of the CFL, which is a good potential situation. Greg? I, I think that a lot of it was, like, going into next year, I think it's going to be a delayed season. I think we're. I don't think it's going to start in June or May or whatever. I think we're. it's going to be pushed back until they can make sure that they can have fans in the stands. And then, by then, they'll actually have a true bubble or half stadium or whatever plan in place as opposed to, yeah, we're going to Winnipeg. Yeah. Winnipeg. That's where we're going. But I I think if it is delayed, it'll probably allow them to put fans in the stands, but they're definitely going to have more. They have nine months to make a plan. They better have a plan (laughs) because if they don't, Oh my Lord. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second here. About a plan. It was very clear from the beginning when Randy Ambrosi asked for $150 million, up to $150 million, there was really no plan. And I think that was just right from the get-go, the federal government was like, okay, well, you don't have a plan for where our money is going. We can't give it to you. And it's like I equated it to getting a mortgage. If you're not going to show them your bank accounts and and everything and your debts, you're not going to get a mortgage. And I think that's just kind of where it was. But I guess if there is a silver lining in all this, like you said, it gives us nine months to plan for a a 2021 season and things need to change. Cause I mean, obviously COVID stopped this season, but it really exposed just how flawed everything in the CFL is. And now we have time to try and fix that, I guess. Well, one of the lines in his opening press conference was a, a reporter asked him, well, the Buffalo Sabres over how many years have lost money. Aren't you concerned about that? And his exact words were, if I wanted to make money, I drill more oil wells. I'm not buying the Sabres to make money. That's unfortunately the life of the CFL owner. They they do not get rich by being a sports owner. They're probably uh, a CFL owner. They're probably better off not having a team if they if they were worried about money. And that's where the league needs to change. Because as of right now, very few teams are actually making real money. We're we're hearing like, a lot of talk right now about uh, equalized gate revenue and things like that. I'd love to hear your guys' take on the idea of a shared gate revenue across the league. 
I think that just to, to start off with, that's probably the best thing for this league. You're going to have, you know, the Riders and Winnipeg and Edmonton consistently leading the, the league in attendance, bringing in the most gate money. Um, it, it's going to have to happen that way if they want to keep everything sustained. Like you look out in, in BC and, and Montreal and, and just and Toronto, especially like these guys are just bleeding money right now. Revenue sharing is going to have to be a thing, at least in the in the near future for the CFL, just to keep them sustainable. Because you don't want to have, I mean, no league wants to have three franchises making money and the rest not, and having those three kind of bail everybody out. But unfortunately, that's kind of the way it is in the CFL right now. So the revenue sharing is is the one way to make sure that it's a level playing field for everybody. And the worst thing is though. The teams that are losing the most money are the teams that have to fight the hardest for to get the entertainment dollar. Like they need to make, and I'm not saying they haven't in the past, but they need to make a an effort to bring back the fans in BC and Toronto and Montreal, because eventually the other teams are just going to be like, why are we like why are we keeping these teams afloat? So, yes, in the short term, it's a good idea to help keep the league stable. But at the same time, they need to focus on getting those franchises back to where they used to be. Like Montreal used to be a guaranteed sellout. It's not anymore. So when we look at a possible 2021, what does the league need to do to make sure, I mean, besides federal funding, but it's got to be a a CBA agreed to with the players and I'm really curious as to where the CFL is going to go marketing wise and, and whatever to bring back the fans. Cause it's going to be a long time without the CFL in the news with good news. Like, cause everything we've heard for the last few months has been negative and, and people are going to sour on that. And that's all that they're going to have is the latest thing in their mind with the CFL. Well, they they didn't happen. And Hey, I got hooked watching hockey in August and it'll be tough to, to bring back the fans. So what would you guys do if you're the CFL do to make sure that, you guys are back and bringing people back in. I would not do Randy's road trip. Um, unless, actually, that might bring people out. If you, if you put uh, Randy Ambrosi in a dunk tank, that might bring a bunch of people to Mosaic Stadium. Yeah, the lineup but, for people that uh, want him out is uh, pretty steep. And don't get me wrong. like I, I get he, he, this is the why he's there. He's literally the human shield for the Board of Governors. But yeah, he, I, I like Randy Ambrosi, but he... One, he needs to stop talking about the global expansion and being the best football league in the world. Um, this reminds me of like WCW when they were at a one and Raw was at a ten. I, I had to throw in a wrestling. It always comes back like, to wrestling. Everything's wrestling. It's like everything's cake. Everything's wrestling. Um, but when when the NFL is out there saying you're going to be the biggest global football brand, okay, it just makes you look small. That shows you how small you are. But um, I don't know. Like it's like we always we always talk about how the riders seem to take their fan base for granted. I I think they better treat one treat their season ticket holders better, um, for especially for twenty twenty one, considering they're hosting the twenty twenty two Grey Cup. Because if they lose season ticket holders, uh, their bottom it's not going to help their bottom line. And I mark market the stars, market the game. That's one thing the CFL has been lacking the last couple of years. Like I remember the um, the R game 
campaign, I still get goosebumps. I watched that thing probably at least once or twice a year, that video. That was great. Because it was so good. The leak, yes, that that little girl one, the leak put out last year, was last year or two years ago, was really, really well done. But it, it wasn't the same um, hook as that R game. I think they need to go back, do that nostalgia, but you need to find some, some way to hook the young fan. Because if you can hook the young fan, you're going to have a fan for life. Problem is, though, now you got video games and NFL and all the other stuff around. Like you, you got to find that balance. And no, the answer is not TikTok. <laughs> I, I think a big thing that the league needs to look at, and we're seeing talk about it already, is trying to get some kind of roster continuity so that people can get attached to players again. Because I, there, I can't count the number of times I've heard people say, "I'd buy a jersey," but. I don't know if he'll be here next year or I'd buy this guy's Jersey, but he's going to get traded. We're seeing nonstop movement across the league and it's great for the the player's bottom line, but it's not great from a league marketing perspective because you can't, unless you get in a situation like Kevin Glenn, where you can market the fact that he's played for all nine <laughs> teams or been signed by all nine, seeing a guy move everywhere constantly is, is not great to market off of. I would love to see them put, policies in place that allow teams an advantage for holding on to free agents whether it be a cap bonus or or something of that nature it's it's got to be looked at i also think the league needs to look into a max contract and i've been saying this for years like i feel like i every year i bring up the max contract but i don't see how a player can have more than more or 10 percent or higher of your salary cap one player on a 46 man roster while yes quarterbacks are important all you're doing is screwing the back end. So uh, it's there, there's a lot the CFL has done ridiculously, and it, unfortunately, COVID has brought it all to the surface. I hope they can uh, figure it out because it. I mean, it. There is no one easy fix to get the CFL going and and being profitable. I I wish there was, but unfortunately, there's not. There's got to be a lot of things that that happen to make it happen. I guess. Um, you guys mentioned season ticket options. We'll get to that next week. Actually, I want to talk about my experience calling the, the rider ticket office and, uh, and that, but we, uh, we want to get a player's ex- perspective on what happened this week with the cancellation of the season. So we're joined right now by Chad Jeter, Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive lineman. Chad, thanks for taking our call. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, could be better, but can't complain too much. Yeah, I think we're all kind of in in that boat. Uh, let's let's get right to it. So, what was your initial reaction on Monday when the league announced that we won't have a 2020 CFL season? Yeah, you know it sucked. My initial reaction was like, you know, dang, I wish we had a season. I was excited about playing, but you know, if we couldn't get it done, and it was a long, a long, hard fought battle, so. You know, you can't be too mad about them fighting for months and months, really. We've been dealing with it since February. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it let me down, but if it means that the league would be in a better place if we just called this year off and start again in 2021, then that's fine. Now, how much interaction did you have throughout the whole process, either with uh, with Stolly or with anybody else um, during the last few months? Yeah, I was talking to um, Solly and uh, Brett Lather, you know, every once in a while. I was, you know, just asking them updates and, 
you know, just things like that. And Coach Dickey, he would email us. He would email us about once or twice a month, you know, just letting us know the information that he knows. So, I mean, I was pretty much in the loop for the most part. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't a lot of information to be known in the first place, but, you know, the little information that was out was out there, I was talking to, you know, those guys about it. So I had a pretty good grasp on, like I said, the information that was available. It wasn't a lot, but I pretty much had it. Now, at the end of 2019, uh, you signed a two-year extension that would fix your contract to 2021. Um, can you opt out and become a free agent and test the NFL waters, or is that year just gone by the wayside, or is the PA still trying to figure that out? I think they're still trying to figure it out, but from my understanding, and I'm not 100% on this, like if we if I were to sign a one-year contract, then I could opt out and, you know, um, opt out opt out and you know go for tryouts and things like that but i think because i'm on a two-year that i can't opt out but like i said i'm not 100 percent. i don't i'm not 100 percent on that but they're still trying to figure that out i joined in the um town hall meeting today and they were talking about that and you know just trying to get a little bit of clarification on that so probably within the next couple you know next two days they'll probably come out with a final decision on it now, obviously, you're getting a little bit more downtime, more family time. How do you plan on spending the next uh, little while? Yeah, yeah. Someone asked me that before, and I was like, yeah, man, it's like a bittersweet thing because, you know, like the last two, year, last two years, I haven't had a summer here in the States with my family, and my birthday is in July, so I haven't had a birthday here with my family in the past two years. So it was cool, you know, being able to spend a summer here in the States. Even though we were in quarantine and all this craziness with Toronto, it was still cool to be around family during the summertime. But, you know, like I said, it's a bittersweet. So I did want to be in Canada playing ball because I love it. I love playing in the CFL. It's so fun. You know, you get to fly all over Canada, see the beauty, beautiful country, and play the game you love. So, it, you know, it was a bittersweet. So, again, we look back to the news on Monday being kind of on the inside, do you do you feel there's where do you have kind of an understanding of where the blame lies on on the process that took place? Say it again. I, you kind of went out a, a little bit. Do do you kind of do you have an understanding of really where the blame lies in in what took place over the last few months? No, nah, I don't really have you know like a I guess a blame where I wanted to be placed, but. Uh, my honest opinion is I think it could have been handled a lot better. I just don't like how long it took, you know, to come to a final decision because it put a lot of guys in the States and in Canada in the limbo to where now we're in a situation where, you know, if we do start the season at a regular time next year, it's nine months until May where we have to start camp. And, you know, we already been not not working since last November and not making money through the CFL since last November, you know, if you didn't get a signing bonus or anything like that. So I feel like, you know, just the delay in the, in the decision kind of hurt a lot of guys because guys didn't know, well, I don't want to, you know, com- commit myself to another job and then having to tell them, oh, you know, like a month later, oh, sorry, I have to go back to Canada. You, you know, I didn't know. You just never want to do, you know, you, you never want to try to burn bridges you know, do companies and business like that because you never know you might need them. So, yeah, that's just my whole thing. Like, I don't want to point any finger, fingers on anybody because 
I'm not in that position. I'm not the commissioner or, you know, team owner. So, you know, I'm pretty sure it was a very, very, very tough decision. But I feel like, the, you know, the delay could have been handled a little bit better. Uh, now with the last CBA, the, the veteran players really fought hard to get those one-year deals, which has caused a lot of player movement in the CFL. Uh, are you in favor of those one-year contracts, or would you like to see longer-term deals to give guys a little more uh, – Pudding, even if they came with, let's say, a small guarantee. I would like to see, you know, more longer deal contracts, and I and I think that'd be better for the league because you know you'll have players, you know, you have players coming from the states, and like I said, players even in Canada, they want they want a little, a little bit of job stability. Like if you're signing one year deals, then you know it's not a lot of job stability in that. It's not a lot of you know, so some people move their family out there, so you want me to move my family here for a year, and then I can possibly sign to another team way out east, and I have to move my family all the way out there. I just feel like, you know, they – and I'm not saying everybody has to sign a long, a long contract, but I feel like, if, you know, a good amount of guys sign a long contract that will help team chemistry and just a lot of different things like that. So I feel like it helps teams more than it hurt teams. Well, the old, the old system was one year plus an option was the minimum. Do you think they should go back to that with a bit of a guarantee on that second year? That way it's fair for everybody? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, th- I think so. I think whatever it takes to, you know, make it fair for everybody, I feel like that's what the league should do. Chad, I'm I'm curious. Um, let's say, because they were talking about possibly having a six-game season in Winnipeg in, in the bubble kind of like they're doing with hockey and, and basketball. Mm-hmm. Let's say there was going to be a 2020 season. You probably would have got, what, 33% of your of your salary. I'm curious, on a personal level, would that have been worth it for you to kind of, like I guess, burn a year of a contract and only get 33% of, of what your contract is worth? Oh, yeah, man. That's a, that's a, that's a good, que- good question. 33%. I said if it was just getting 33%, I don't think it would have been worth it, but... You know, if we were getting like thirty three percent, and I don't know, it's just it's a tough situation. You never want to just go up there, you know, play six games and earn thirty three percent of your contract, and possibly get hurt, and you could possibly, you know, have a year sitting out for a year injury or career ending injury for just for just you know thirty three percent of your contract in six games. So I don't know. It's tough to say. Now, if it would have been like six six games and we'd have been getting more than 33%. I don't know really the percent that I would have, you know, liked to play for, but I just feel like it wouldn't be worth it for a lot of guys to go up there for 33% because we do lose a lot of money coming across the border and things like that. So, and you never know, you know, people, situations back home, they could have two, three kids, a house, car payment, things like that. And if they already got committed into another job, that are, that are end up being the same amount of money within that time, then it'd be no point for them to go go and play for six games and lose out on that job opportunity. Now you guys are going to have essentially a year, well, like you said, almost two calendar years off. Haven't played since last November. What what does that do for a guy like yourself that's used to you know getting into training camp and and into game shape again, but to have that much of a layoff? Yeah, that's tough. I was actually talking to you know a couple of players about that yesterday. It's tough, man. It's just like like I said, you haven't been playing since November, 
And now it's another nine months until May. And no matter how hard you train, how hard you train in the off season, how hard you go through your drills and the weight room, it's still not going to be the same as putting on pads and going through camp and going and getting the game shape and playing the game. So, I mean, I mean, I feel like right now guys just need to make sure they're healthy, make sure they're healthy, no injuries. You know, if you want to lose a little bit of weight, if you want to lose fat, this is the time to do it. This is the time to transition your body because we never had this much this much time off before. So if you, you know, take the time, transition your body, get in the best shape possible, and then we're just going to have to get back get back into the groove of it next year around May time in the football groove. So I don't know. Like you said, you only get you only get so many years in your prime, and that's just one year gone without making any plays or without playing any type of ball. So it's going to be tough, man. The league is going to look a lot different, I think, next year. The league is going to look different. Guys are going to have to put in a lot of a lot of work that they've never had to do before to make sure they're make sure they're ready for next year. I'm sorry, I got the hiccups, man. I haven't had the hiccups for two days straight. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> well, speaking of looking yep. differently, obviously this year being what was supposed to be the Grey Cup in Saskatchewan, when the Riders were gearing up for a Grey Cup run to get that uh, win at home again like they did in 2013, um, there's a lot of free agents on this team. Who do you think the Riders need to bring back for, for that run for 20, uh, 2021 and 2022? Man, man I say everybody. All the free agents that's on the team, I say we bring back everybody. I really had a good feeling. I really had a good feeling about this year. You know, we came off last year. We should have won it. Man, my rookie year, we should have won it. So I've been playing. I've been playing for Saskatchewan for two years. And the two years I've been on the team, I feel like we had the best team to win it, the best team in the league. And I would just love to see how we would have came back this year and try to bounce back and get it. So I think we need to get all the free agents back. <laughs> Now, if you if you look back to that that bubble discussion, the six game uh, season in Winnipeg, from a player's point of view, would you think that would have been a legitimate, you know, Grey Cup season to actually give a champion after six games? Yeah, I think it would have been the most difficult one, to be honest. Because you know, you can have a how I many? We have eighteen regular season games. In the regular season, we have eighteen regular season games. We're about two and a half weeks to camp or whatever, so that's plenty of time to you know make adjustments and you can st- you can start off bad, you can start off very bad and turn your season around, and boom, you can win a great cup. But if you're playing six games, you playing six games, what was it gonna be like? Probably like no preseason games, just camp and then boom, six games. You don't have a you don't have a lot of time to make adjustments. So if you can come in rolling, no six games and do good and. You know, win the Great Cup, I feel like that would be very impressive for whoever the team that would have won it. It would have been, been very impressive. Chad, which which one of your teammates would have been the hardest to keep in that bubble in Winnipeg? Because I know, you know, you're there for, you know, 15 weeks, whatever it would have been. That's a long time without seeing family and, and going anywhere, and maybe you have delivery for food or, or whatever would have been set up. But you guys got to get out and do something. Like, who would have been the hardest to, to keep in? The hardest to keep in. I'll I'll probably say Charleston. <laughs> Charleston. Well, Chad, uh, we're gonna just before we let you go here, uh, we'll give you kind of an open mic here. Do you have anything you want to say to Rider fans and all of Rider Nation right now? Yeah, Rider Nation, you know, I love you. We all love you. You know, it's, it's it sucks that 
we can't come out there in Mosaic and give y'all what y'all want, play in front of y'all, the best crowd in the nation. But, you know, just stay strong, keep your green, keep your watermelon hats, keep all of it until next year, 2021. We're going to come back strong, and we're going to need you. We ain't going to be able to win it without you. Well, Chad, thanks so much for uh, taking our call tonight. We really do appreciate it, and uh, take care. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Well, so there you have it. Obviously, it's pretty disappointing to not have a season, but uh, I like hearing the optimism from him. We will be back in 2021, and this team is going to be good and go after that great cup, and and uh, I sure hope that's true. And uh, it was nice of Chad to uh, join us here today. Uh, before We have one more thing we want to talk about before we go this week, and uh, Derek Dennis, former rider, of course, uh, Calgary Stampeders and former XFL and wherever else he was, uh, he tweeted about Canadians in the CFL. Would having more Canadians players on the roster get you more interested in the CFL? Guys, do you think no. do you think that needs to happen? No. Absolutely and not. I, I Every time I see we need more Canadians in the CFL or put, the, put Canada back in the CFL, I want to smash my laptop, smash my phone, and drive my truck into the ditch. <laughs> That's excessive. And who knows? Oh, well, no, believe me, there's more I want to do, but I, I can't, I can't uh, use it. This is a family podcast. Um, I, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. Love Rob Begg. Love Jason Claremont. Love Andy Fantuz. Love those guys. However, I guarantee you, 2007, if we had an American in Fantuz's spot and we would have won, that have been fine too. The fact that they're Canadian means nothing. It, it helps. Don't get me wrong. The rules of the CFL, there's a ratio in place, and I like it. I'm not saying get rid of it. By no means am I saying get rid of it. But the people that are saying we need more Canadians in this league and that will bring the people in droves, what are you on? I am sorry. Mitch Picton made, made the riders last year. Good good feel-good story. In the paper, local paper, local local news hits. We played, what, three snaps? And that's all it's going to get you. I'm sorry. Like, the Canadian players are good, and they're evolving, and they're getting better. There's a lot of good uh, Canadian talent in the NCAA that could probably play in the CFL. But if we are that concerned about – I'm going on a rant here. Sorry, guys. If we're that concerned about the Canadian talent, let's get rid of the fake Canadians. Let's get rid of the veteran rule that they put in last year that made Americans Canadians, even though they have no ties. Let's get rid of the Ben Cahoon loophole. Let's get rid of the Singleton rule. Let's get rid of all of that and get Canadian trained players in the CFL if we are that concerned about. Okay, I'm done. Steve? I think I put Steve to sleep. Maybe. <laughs> well, I understand the importance of the ratio. I get it. And, and I tend to agree with you, Greg, just because I don't care where anybody's from. You're going to help my team win. That's the guy I want on my team. I don't care if the seventh token Canadian, like at the wide side receiver spot. I don't care if he's from Istanbul. I really don't. If he can play, play him. If he's the best person for that role, play him. That's who should be. Whether it's, I mean, again, I've said on this show before, I want the ratio to drop to maybe five would be perfect for me. Six, I would I'd be fine with. But like, just get the best players on the field. A lot of times, that is the Canadian. And that's the way it should be. If he's the best player, let him play. But I, I can't... 
the casual fan really wants somebody to attach to, and it's a lot easier to get attached to a guy like Chris Getzlaff here than it is a guy like Taj Smith. And that's just, that's the way it is. The guy's from here, and and I don't know, maybe there needs to be a real territorial thing that happens again, like actual, that that stays along and, and gets these guys. Obviously, we have Logan Furland with the uh, Regina Thunder here and with the Riders, and you saw this with Trevor Harris, or Andrew Harris, when he was with BC, they were territorial. So maybe that's what the league needs to really focus on in terms of getting Canadians on the field. And I'm all for that. Like, side note, I'm on the Regina Thunder board. I, there's a lot of good players in that league, and I'm fine with that. Let, let's build that, like I said. But, like, the Alex Singletons, the Darius Bladex, the Ben Cahoons, like – like like I, like I tweeted out today, like pretty soon they're going to change the rule. If you can name five provinces and at one territory, you automatically makes you Canadian. <laughs> because like, sorry, those guys had literally nothing. They knew nothing about Canada till they got up here. Yep. Because because just through a loophole in their passport, so they're they're not they're not Canadian talent, and they should be treated as such. And. So, yeah, I'm all fine for building. Like I said, there's a ton of guys, especially in the CJFL, that could play. There's a bunch of guys in the CIS that can play. There's guys in the NCAA from Canada that could play that might not make not might not make it to the NFL. But so for that, if we're that concerned about Canadian talent, let's talk about those guys, not Americans who by luck of birth end up having Canadian passport. But I, I digress, but no, and I, I totally agree. Actually, I, I would love to see more territorial, territorial stuff. They've, well, they've basically given Ontario a territorial draft. So yep. why can't the rest of us have it? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could do a full show just on that. And maybe we'll have to do that since we'll have to figure out what the hell we're going to do now with uh, now nothing, literally nothing to talk about for the next few months, but we'll, we'll find something. We might be able to get a few guests if we want to talk uh, territorial uh, CJFL football. We'll we'll fix we'll we'll make something work absolutely, Steve. Well, you... And the the best part about the the territorial thing is you get an advantage in the local market too, right? You're getting that guy from around the corner as opposed to like you said, Alex Singleton or or the like who just happen to be Canadians on paper. I'd love to see a lot more of that. I think and the, the good news is uh, the, the two best junior teams in Canada are from Saskatchewan. Yeah. Just grab everybody off the hilltops is, is kind of what the, the, that's what the riders should do. And well, on the, Hey, the, the thunder, uh, the last uh, two winners of the Bowl are the thunder and the hilltops and a lot more hilltops than the thunder, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Whatever Sarge does there in Saskatoon, man, I don't know, but uh, let's, let's get that going with the riders. That's for sure. Dude recruits like a beast. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> well, we can talk about that more on the next edition of the Piffles podcast. But, uh, I mean, for this week, I think we'll leave it there. And uh, it's kind of a, it was a down week, down week for the CFL. But uh, as we've heard, and I typically don't like to buy the, the, the corporate spin that things will get better. Well, they can't get any worse than this, really. And this isn't going to be the end of the CFL. There's too much tradition. There's too much you know, love for this league, it's not going away. So anybody thinks that the league is going to fold, it's not going to fold. If it came down to it where the it was the option of the league folding or MLSE pumping in $100 million or whatever number it would end up being, the money will be there. Somebody will resurrect it. So don't worry, there will not be a life without the CFL. Just 
or just postponed right now? You, you know, you know, the CFL is in trouble if they expand to five American markets in one year. That yep. That's your sign. We overcame that. So, I mean, <laughs> although Memphis Mad Dogs, great logo. Shreveport, Shreveport Pirates, baby. Pirates forever. Miami, Miami Manatee. They didn't exist. Shut up. <laughs> they were, that's the team that never was. Well, guys, we'll uh, we'll do we'll pick this up in a couple of weeks. We'll uh, there's plenty to talk about, so uh, we'll definitely be back with that on the Piffles Podcast. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at Piffles Pod. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast, and the website pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Gentlemen, until we do this again in a, I don't know, week, two weeks, whatever we figure it out, whenever we're actually not busy for once, uh, we'll do this again. Sounds good. Sounds like fun to me. All right, take, take care, guys. And as we leave you... This is Ghost Behind Your Mind, Tyler Gilbert. The ghost behind your-